because uh, it's one thing to own a weapon. It's another to be able to effectively, safely handle it. And if you were ever in a situation where you had to use it, you know, effectively eliminate, uh, you know, a threat yeah. without hurting others or yourself. Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey everybody, Victor Marks here with the, well, we're still calling it the Victor Marks Show, it's a podcast, but uh, we're, we're heading into, uh, man, I think we've done over 180 episodes so far been really good everybody's feedback we appreciate and we always encourage you to subscribe is that what they call it subscribe uh to the victim marks podcast on any of your favorite outlets and uh i want to give a shout out to pray.com uh man we're over seventy thousand subscribers now on that and uh last year we were in the top percent of uh globally of podcasts which blows my mind but we're thankful to the Lord that he's given us um, just faithful following and people who, who enjoy us just having good conversations. Today, I have got a guest like no other. He's my lawyer. And we've got to talk about legal stuff. I'm in hot water. I'm in trouble. And everybody needs to know what it is. And I'll be the first to confess it. This is breaking news. I tore off the tag on a pillow. Federal charges, my friend. It's, is it, can you get me out of it? Can you get me out of it? It's mattress police at your door. (laughs) I'm nervous about this uh, because, truth be known, I've done it more than once. And I know that's, I know our followers are saying, please tell us. Because there's a lot of guilty parties out there. Are we safe if we rip a tag off of a mattress or pillow? Speak the truth, lawyer. I have. I will confess. I have ripped my share off also. Oh my gosh! And I still sleep at night. Okay. So well, this turned. I've not had to defend myself. <laughs> this has turned into a support group. <laughs> email me for those of you out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> email me through the website if you just need a an email hug that you will not be going to prison. Rest easy. Your anxiety can lower. You can get off the Xanax now. Seriously, folks, uh, I've got Tim Preby. Uh, he is uh, our ministry attorney. He's a friend of mine. And it's like, who do you have to be to be Victor Marx's attorney? Well, you, you better have a backbone, that's for sure. And uh, his, th- this is what drew me to Tim. He was a cop. He was, he was in law enforcement before he became a lawyer uh, out of San Diego. He did the deal. He understands what it's like to put on the vest and the belt and go out and, and do the deal. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why you make such a good lawyer. Um, but before we, go, before we go any further, and you are based here in Colorado Springs. Yes, sir. Well, folks, we'll give you his information. Uh, but we're, today we're going to talk about guns, shooters, um, some decisions made by the Supreme Court. 
uh, whether you have to drag a person back into your house if if you're engaged and uh, stop. Okay, it. all right. Stop uh, it. It's it's. Hey, I'm known as a humorist, so <laughs> I that's that's my get out of jail free card when I'm offending people. And if you haven't been offended, just hang around. You'll be offended later. But uh, for you, Tim, um, what in the world? Before we go any further, you got to give me a lawyer joke. This is your initiation into the Victor Marks show. Oh. Come on. Probably the favorite one is the, you know, how many lawyers in the bus that goes over the cliff? Uh, <laughs> you know, how many were there? Not enough. You know. <laughs> you know, you, you, nobody likes lawyers until you need one. And, and that's it. That's right? It. That and, is it. And uh, so I thank you uh, for what you do for us. As a ministry oversight council, uh, because you know when when you do kingdom work, and especially like we do, which is unique, yes, uh, you have to look for the vulnerabilities of where the enemy might try to exploit us. So we're 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 thankful to God for our locking arms uh, and you uh, being part of this. But so today, there's people listening. Yes. They're going to want to know questions, I, I, the, the general questions. And let's start on what's making news right now. The, 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 what recently just happened was shooter on 4th of July. If we could, just a little bit of my background, because it's going to play into my, okay, yes. my angle of all what we're going to talk about. So um, Tim Preby, um, Christian first, husband of 31 years, stepfather to one, father to two, uh, all kids are great and out of the house and <laughs> enjoying life. And I'm enjoying life with my wife. Um, but what we're going to talk about and what's really, I'm starting to see, uh, especially with these, these last uh, Supreme court cases that have come down is really some, it's drawing the line and it's drawing the line between where do we get our rights from? Mm. And from the old English way of doing things, there was, um, God and then the sovereign, which would be the king or the queen, okay. who would then give you know grant rights to their subjects. And there are people that still believe that that there are our powers, our our rights come from government. There are there's a more conservative view that it's God to the people, and then we then lend those powers to the federal government in this particular case to then. Um, protect us and protect those rights. Right. But it's, there are rights. They're not coming from anybody. They're inalienable, which is a kind of different word. Um, but meaning that they are, they are laws and rights that cannot be changed by human laws. So these are the, and so we're going to be talking about self-defense today. Yeah. Inalienable right from God to protect ourselves and others. Right. It's, it's not a statute. It's not a mother. May I, it is that is an inalienable right that we should have as as humans. But there are so many people in our country, Tim, that they've been buffaloed to believe the exact opposite. Exactly. <laughs> so, how do we convince people the truth is that the government is not supposed to control us? We've put them there in positions of power to do just what you said to protect us, to serve, you know in a capacity that we have. But it seems like once politicians or lawmakers get put in place, man, 
it's all about them yes. and their party and their agenda, not the people. And what we're another thing we'll probably end up talking about is politicians <clears throat> doing something because an event has occurred. Unfortunately, we've had several mass shootings. Right. And so every politician is saying, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. And the easiest thing to do is to attack the, you know, the tools that have been used by the bad guy, mm. which is completely the wrong way to approach it. Very similar to um, Roe v. Wade, right? We're seeing the same type of thing. Nowhere in the Constitution is the word abortion or right to abortion. You know, it, it's not there. And Justice Thomas brought that out to say, look, this was a hodgepodge. I know this isn't the abortion issue, this podcast, but it's very similar. Well, yeah, and the same yeah. with the gun rights. It's do we have these rights or not? We have the Second Amendment. We have the 14th Amendment that says states cannot infringe that right. But on the other hand, we have abortion that says there is no right to abortion. And we've undone 50 years of that you know, that thought pattern. So I see Justice Thomas, there's a change in the, you know, the makeup of the Supreme Court. Thank you, Donald Trump. Yes. Um, and I see this is his time. You know, he, he's, I believe, 75 now. Wow. And so I think and he is a, a prolific writer of many cases that I think are going to start getting, he's going to get more attention, mm. um, especially with the, the EPA, the, the you know, Roe v. Wade and, and the gun rights uh, case right. that just came out. I call him the common sense Supreme Court justice. Yeah, he just he, he's intelligent and articulate, but he just has common sense. And I, I heard he has saved more black babies from death yeah. than Black Lives Matter ever did. And and uh, so I I applaud him. I appreciate him. Uh, because, and that's a whole podcast in itself. That's yeah. a whole show in itself of just what I think the enemy of our soul has done and try to do by attacking the black community. And I, I believe me, I'm, I'm both sad and embarrassed for the past, especially the South and religious institutions that were so racist and, and horrible. And then I thank God for courageous men like Martin Luther King, Junior, who stood in the gap and uh, did the right thing. Little factoid is my father-in-law walked with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's still alive. He's, he's 87. Uh, so, well, moving on to yes. the topic at hand, let's start with the basics. What is, you see Second Amendment everywhere, 2A, 2A. What is that? So it is a right that was um, determined to be, from God, again, self-defense, and was written into the Second Amendment that it shall not be infringed that we have these rights. The Second Amendment of what? Of the Constitution. So the Constitution is a document? Constitution is a document. Again, it's, it, it was um, the process in which the Founding Fathers said, look, this is how we're going to operate. And if you want to be with us, this is how we do it. Why did they feel like they needed to do it? Well, I mean, they were breaking off from uh, England, and you know, we just celebrated Fourth of July, the yep. Declaration of Independence that started the whole ball rolling, right. saying, you know what, we we are done. They had gotten to the point that they were self sufficient, and they they kind of looked and said, 
we don't like this taxation that's going on here. And so we pretty much have been on our own and we kind of like it, mm, <laughs> you know? Right. And so that started the ball rolling and in doing so, you know, realizing that by signing that, that document, they were signing their death warrant because the King was obviously getting upset with them. Um, there had been some skirmishes before, and this was this was really the line in the sand to yeah. say we're done. And you know, there was just this ragtag, you know, group that um, you know, it just it, if you think about it in today's world, it's an amazing uh, event that they did, and I don't think we appreciate it enough. I think it's another day off, it's a three right. day weekend, right. it's fireworks, you know, but it's like we need to go back to what really happened here. And this is, this was the founding of our nation mm. and some really solid um, thoughts as to how we're going to run it. And I see in these, in these uh, Supreme court cases that we're coming back to that. We're, we're coming back to what does the constitution say? It's not a living, breathing document. You know, it is, it is a document that is there and it needs to be followed. Well, so the second amendment, which is hot and heavy right now, and that, that's got something to do with weapons, right? Yes. So well, again, what is that? Well, we're, we're not to be um, infringed in our rights to bear arms is the, the big... So is it just for hunting? No, it's not. And uh, actually, it, that was brought out in the case that um, not only did it... Sometimes you'll hear people say, um, well, we're talking about muskets. We're, we're not talking about muskets. We're talking about guns that... Um, you know, that are in modern time as well as in the in the past, um, but it's it is the the right of people to to keep and bear arms. And what had happened in this case was uh, there there's been several cases that have occurred before this, and they talked about the right to keep arms or to, to keep guns in a home, and. So there were two cases that, that set that aside and said there were laws that, that prohibited people in their own home to have firearms. And so that was overruled. The, how this works with these cases is that they take a small segment of the overall problem. I'm, I'm kind of an uh, efficiency guy. It's like, let's, let's take this whole thing on, but that's not the way these work. Right. So these cases from 10, 12 years ago talked about a, a state cannot prohibit somebody from not having firearms in their home. Okay. So what this case brought out was that the next step, okay, outside of the home, can a state infringe the right to be able to have self-defense? And again, you'll, you'll hear um, opponents of the Second Amendment say, Look, we're talking about turkey hunting. We're talking about all these things, you know, from the past. And this this case said no, the right to self defense um, is the right to self defense using today's modern weapons. You're you should be allowed to do that. So, okay, well, well, there's just tension, right? And again, I try to break everything down in the most simple form or fashion. That's why we're talking about the two A in the Constitution. Um, is this tension is, okay, people should have a right to defend themselves, but do we want every, you know, Joe Schmo, 18-year-old, carrying around and, you know, an AK or an AR-15 uh, uh, platform with a 30 
round mag uh, to shoot people like what just happened? It is, isn't there a, a both attention and responsibility that there we have is. to look at? There is, and, and this case brought that out. It is not, um, there are uh, valid restrictions to our Second Amendment rights. Valid. Valid. Like what? Well, um, so there is a moral clause, um, uh, a moral, co- moral conduct clause that some states have that basically say, look, if you have a criminal past, if you have you know, things in your past that you shouldn't be carrying a gun. Legally. Uh, legally. Okay. Right? Thank you. Right. <laughs> um, um, then that is, that is something that is allowed. There is um, uh, a check for mental health status. Okay. That is allowed. Okay. So there are some, some things in place that's not just full on, I want an AR, full auto, right. tank, you know, any of that kind of thing. Yeah. So one of the things, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but in these cases, one of the things that they talked about um, is sensitive places. And folks, for the <laughs> The next, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. For the next concealed 15, carry for the next fifteen years, we are going probably longer. We're going to hear the word sensitive places. I, I can only hope. Uh, well, it's too late now because the cat's out of the bag. I only wish that they would have come up with some other word other than sensitive places because uh, safe places, you know, safe spaces, all that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Um, but these are sensitive places. And, and what the court said was, look, we do have places that we should not, that we could restrict firearms. Um, now, what, what was interesting is the case only mentioned um, schools, governmental buildings, uh, legislative assemblies, polling places, and courthouses. Mm. Okay? Those are areas that the court have said, look, it, it's it's wise. It makes sense to restrict um, firearms from being in those places, and so that is something that um, the court has recognized that there are places like that. And I think what we're going to see in response to this case is that states are going to come back and say, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. Every place is a sensitive place, and so we're going to have you know sensitive people be in their sensitive places without firearms." And then we're going to have insensitive people mm-hmm. being in insensitive places with firearms. I would like to fall into the insensitive people in, you know, group. Um, but that's, we're going to hear those words quite a bit. Uh, as an example, New York just came out um, literally, you know, the week after that case came down and said, um, enacted all these different safe are sensitive places now, airports, bars, courthouses, daycare facilities, educational facilities, emergency shelters, entertainment venues, uh, federal, state, and local government buildings, health and uh, medical facilities, houses of worship, libraries, polling sites, public demonstrations and rallies, public transportation, subways, and Times Square. So basically, you can conceal carry for self-defense Walking in between your house and your car, right? Uh, and you know, and it, you know, New York. Bless you, people for living there. I don't yeah. know why. Quite yeah. honestly, you you do. Anyway, um, they had some serious, serious criminal um, situations there, where um, where it could be a felony if you did not, even if the gun is unloaded. If you did not have the proper license, um, 
it, it, it's a felony. Well, I remember going through the airport, me and my team, they checked our bags and we were doing training. When they open our gun cases, uh, it looked like Jason Bourne's system <laughs> set up. We, we, our, our platforms, they were just, they literally were like, oh my gosh. So they had a police come, TSA. and I'm sure it was, a, it was an event. It was. <laughs> and they wanted pictures of every serial of number. And I mean, they're just, and they're like, hey, what do y'all do? And we're like, nothing much. We right. just pow, pow, pew, pew. And, uh, but, uh, so the other side of the tension with this is, you know, whereas we don't want people who shouldn't have guns in their hands, we certainly don't want to restrict our personal right to protect our family in any of these places. Yeah. I mean, if you start looking at mass shootings, church is a place where you need to bring a, a weapon. Yeah. Uh, what I would like to see, and most people listening now, our constituents, many are gun owners, responsible gun owners, and I would just say keep training people. Keep training. Train, train, train. Because uh, it's one thing to own a weapon. It's another to be able to effectively, safely handle it. And if you were ever in a situation where you had to use it, you know, effectively eliminate, uh, you know, a threat yeah. without hurting others or yourself. So part of the my background that didn't include is for the last seven or eight years, I've been teaching with an organization called U.S. Law Shield. And I, I do two-hour classes on gun laws. And probably the last three to four years, I always ask this before the class starts, how many people are new to firearms? Mm. And I would say 60 to 70% of them are brand new, brand spanking new. Mm. And they're in looking at a lot of these people, they look like people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to have firearms. Right? They're not wearing five eleven right, clothing. Right. You know, they don't um, have the high and tight. Exactly. Exactly. It's literally the working you know, beard. Exactly. Yeah. But they're seeing the need out there. Yeah, for sure. And it, it is, it, it's something that um, you, there's no, you were talking about this before, the, the responsibilities that come with those type of rights. Huge, huge. There's no excuse, zero excuse that you don't know the law. You mm -hmm. have to know the law if you're going to carry a gun, wherever you are. And obviously we're here in Colorado. We've seen our share, right? Columbine, um, uh, new, life. new Life, which I was involved with um, on the security team. We can get into that. Um, it's a situation where once a gun is involved in any type of situation, uh, everything changes because of the, the system is so sensitive to those firearms. Everything changes. Everything changes. You, know, you and I can get into a fist fight, big deal. A gun comes into play, you know, everything changes. Well, and, and, uh, th this is important. And I want to go over this. There's some things I want to go over um, uh, next. We're going to wrap up this show today, but I want everybody to tune in for tomorrow's show because we want to talk about what happens if you do have to draw a weapon. Um, you, you know, let's talk about the history of mass shootings. Let's talk about, you know, how safe or not safe are we? Are we being paranoid or prepared? There's, there's a lot of questions that I believe you can lend great insight to, both factual and experiential, uh, that our people will definitely want to hear. So, folks, come right back to our next podcast. But before I go, 
because you're a first-time guest. I have two questions I always ask. The first one, it, you know, you're kind of, it's not cheating, but it, you know us really well. And, and most people look at us based on perceptions, what they see on social media and whatnot. You obviously have a closer uh, view of things. But here's the first question. How would you describe us, um, either Eileen and myself or, or the ministry? Like, what would you tell people who we are, what, you know, what we do? What, how would you say that? Um, I would say you guys are multifaceted mm. in the sense that um, I think there's some core areas that you are involved with, and I, I, I see you honing those areas even more. Um, obviously, you know, the, the situation with sex trafficking, right. kids, widows, that kind of thing, as well as the marriage. Yeah. Um, um, we were joking around before uh, about passing the baton, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger passing the baton right. to the rock. Right. <laughs> I sense a little that from you. Yeah. That, that it's going to have to happen. It, you know, we're, we're we both got a little gray around the, yep. the edges yep. and, and, but I, I see you guys, um, Ultimately, I see that you have an incredible heart for people. Thank you. And I'm not saying that because I'm your lawyer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I truly, truly mean that. Um, I mean, I've seen you guys work with people. Um, I, I've watched you from afar mm. on your Instagram and all the rest of that. And, and yes, you do the cool, sexy things with mm-hmm. whacking guns out of people's right. hands, world record holder, right. all the rest of that. And that's cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's the cool uncle. That's the cool uncle. Said, yeah. Right, right. Um, but I truly, I, I think I am a pretty good read of people and I, I get that you two love each other yeah, and you, you, you want to, um, help people, especially couples mm. and families. Mm. Uh, I've been married 31 years. We've been through everything. Yeah. You, you, you get a look in your eye after 31 years, you know, right. where it's like, yeah, you see, you've been through it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think there's a huge need for people to see that and, and to be able to learn from that. It's like, don't make the same mistakes I made when I was 25. Right. Right. Here's a way that you can avoid 15 years of pain. Don't do it this way. Well, that's one of the reasons why we, we did our marriage course. You know, we're like, it, it's, we need to help the younger generation. Uh, We have three kids who are married, four grandkids. Uh, Scout, Scout just walked in Scout's the studio. sniffing the lawyer. Yeah, hey, don't bite <laughs> the lawyer. Well, thank you. Those what? are those are kind words. You had your second question. Yeah, the second question is: We all die. Yes, that's that's something that no one gets away from. So, my question to you, lawyer: mm-hmm. When you die, yes. when when attorney Tim Preby dies. What happens to you? What do you think happens to you, and why do you believe it? You have to qualify what you believe. Well, I hope that I am going to heaven, right? I believe mm-hmm. I am going to heaven. And yeah. now, when you say to me, physically, or what, uh, what your you spirit, whatever you know, like what happens? I'm, I mean, we know your carcass is gonna <laughs> gonna rot. attract worms, right? But, right. But do you do you have? Do you think there's afterlife? Oh, definitely. Okay. I definitely do think there's an afterlife, and I, I think it's it's uh, going to be glorious and obviously much more uh, than we could ever experience here. Um, yeah, this is, 
I see things happening here on a quicker and quicker basis. Uh, I don't know if this is the end or not, but mm-hmm. I think we're we're seeing escalation, escalation, of, things yeah. moving. I, I look at the news way more than my wife wants me to. Right. <laughs> I, I filter uh, about <laughs> 40% of what I tell my wife because I don't want her giving it, up too quick. Yeah, it can be just so depressive, <laughs> you know. But things are changing. Things are changing. But this thought of afterlife, why do you believe that? Books you've read, movies you've watched? <sighs> I mean, definitely training, you know, as far as learning things from church and the Bible and everything okay. else. Um, I just, I guess that would be the, the answer yeah. I have. So for you got, you've gained your philosophy on that based on a biblical worldview, I guess I would say yes. scriptures. Interesting. Well, that's great. Uh, not everybody has that hope of heaven or they have, just like we'll talk about the shooter of this late on July 4th, his mom, we're going to talk about this in the next podcast. The shooter on the 4th of July event, his mom's philosophy. Folks, you will be blown away. It's it's mind-boggling and very telling. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hey, do it for the glory of God and go get it done. See you on the next show. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.